Merry Christmas, my friends and family. Today we're going to turn in our copy of the scripture to Mark's gospel. We're going to be in chapter 3, just a few short verses starting at verse 31. And I just wanted to mention to you that if you don't have your very own copy of God's word, that down in the little rack that's in front of you, there should be a copy, and you're more than welcome to take that home with you. All right, um, starting in verse 31. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And, and looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Thank you, Cindy. And uh, I echo what she said. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, please take a copy home with you. Uh, the text she read it will be in there. And then if you're looking at it in the bulletin and the there's a sermon note section there, blank. You'll see a couple passages, and you're like, eh, that's, that's not what was right. Well, I changed it. So, um, so we're going to be in uh, uh, this text. We'll also be in Galatians, where we actually were last night as well for a Christmas Eve service. Uh, before I, I dive in, I, I, I wanted to say, I've been meaning to say this during the announcements, I wanted to uh, thank Carol. She, she put a lot of effort into doing the uh, decorations for the Christmas Eve service, and they're still here and stuff like that. So a lot of talents. You know, Wendy had done the initial decorations with her team, and then Carol did the Christmas Eve stuff. And just so thankful for everyone who pitches in and, and helps with this and makes it look really nice. And so, so grateful for that. Now, this text of Scripture that Cindy just read for us um, in Mark chapter 3, that, that can kind of bring up some tension, can it, when you, when you read it? When you read about Jesus there and, and, and what he said, and you know, here we are in this last sermon of our Advent series, and it's Christmas Day, there's snow on the ground, you know, it's really, really good. The lights are up, these, this, these decorations I just talked about here. And then we read a text where Jesus seems rude. <laughs> All right, like, wait a minute here. Well, what's that about? What's that about? Why, why did Jesus respond? Well, let me just explain that just for a second here, because once you understand it, then it's going to make the point that we're going to drive home, and we're talking about the Messiah's family tree. We've looked at a couple puzzled parents. We've looked at a crazy cousin. We've looked at skeptical siblings. Last, week, uh, last night, we looked at the Heavenly Father, and today what we're going to look at is the innumerable brothers and sisters that Jesus has, and I'll explain that here in a few minutes here. But let me do this text here. There's a contrast what Jesus is doing here and Mark as he's capturing this. There's a contrast between an unbelieving family members who are outside and then the believing disciples who are inside. There's this literary contrast that's happening in the text here. And, and we could dive into this a little bit more, how the, the, the family's introduced earlier in the text. Then there's a, 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 a section in the middle. Then they come back to Jesus's family here. But suffice it to say, what, what is going on here is that that the, the author intends for us to understand that um, in order to be part of God's family, we have to, we enter in by faith, okay? It's not by blood. It's not by relation. And that was the point that Jesus was making here. 
Um, family and friends don't have a special advantage in God's economy, according to Jesus. And that would have been expected. That would have been expected in the day. It would have been expected that the mother or the brothers and the sisters, the half-brothers and half-sisters of Jesus, that they would have been had a special spot or a special place in God's kingdom. But here, what Jesus is saying, he's saying it's not, it's not blood. It's not blood relationships in God's kingdom. It's faith. It's believing in him. Now, this concept could only be considered radical, right? In, in given this, this context and in this culture in which blood was definitely considered thicker than water here. So that's what's happening here is that Jesus is making the point. He says, listen, in order to be part of God's family, he says, it's not about being related to me by blood. It's about believing in me as the Messiah. You know, there's a couple passages in Scripture, we won't take time to turn there, maybe it's later on, we'll reference them a little bit, but there's a couple passages, like one in Hebrews, one in Romans, where Jesus is called our brother. That's what he's called, our brother. Now, there's really only one way that Jesus can be our brother, and in a word, it's the word adoption. And so what I want to do this Christmas Day, I want to talk about the wonder of adoption, and the responsibilities of adoption. Okay? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Let me pause, ask God's blessing, and then we'll, we'll walk through this. Father, thank you for this opportunity to look at this text of Scripture and others. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to consider what it means to be in your family to be a brother of Christ, the the birthday king today whom we're celebrating, who came as a baby. This one, we can be the sibling of, he can be our elder brother. And so we're so thankful for that. And I pray that as we meditate on this, that you would guide us and give understanding, give me communication ability. And at the end of the day, I pray that you'd be glorified and honored and I pray that we'd be led by your spirit. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. So first of all, let's look at this, the wonder of adoption. Adoption, as you know, has a very special place in my family's life, but it, and not just in my family's life, it's a, it's a beautiful thing of, of, of adoption. And, and, and it's interesting as we think about how God expands His family is that, that no one is naturally born into God's family. The only way to get into God's family is by being adopted into the family here. And so what I want us to do is just, and there's so many ways. In, in fact, and I knew that time would be a little bit shorter, and so I, I, I was trying to pare this down, but I have a whole list of things of why adoption in the Bible is just incredible. And, and I pared it down to just four things that I want to share with you over the next few minutes here. Here's, in the goal is that at the end of this time that we are just in awe of this idea of God's adopting us as sons and daughters, okay? And so, first of all, what is so wonderful about adoption is this understanding that God already had a perfect son okay? God already had a child. God already had the eternal sonship of, of Jesus Christ. He already had this, and he was perfect, right? In fact, the, the book of Colossians refers to, God refers to, to or, or Jesus is referred to as God's beloved son, okay? His, his beloved son. Hebrews talks about Jesus as being more excellent than angels. And so we have this situation here where God already had the perfect child here. Now, kids, sometimes they can, they can argue, children can argue about who is the favorite child, right? Okay, in a family. You know, and I have two brothers, and we still do this, right? 
And it used to be that we wanted to be the favorite child, right? Okay? And we still kind of do. But often we say, well, you're the favorite. You get all the special treatment and all this stuff. And it's almost like we're trying to, you know, dig in. In fact, it, it, it's going on. So, so my, my, uh, uh, my mom sent a picture this year because her birthday is in December. And so she sent a picture. And it was, it was, she was holding two gifts. And she, says, and she sent it to me and she sent it to my older brother and, and, and her wife. And she said, thank you for the gift. There was no note. I don't know who to thank. So I wrote back, you're welcome. Hope you like it. We didn't give it to her. Okay? All right? And so, so she's like, oh, yeah, we do like it and everything. And so then a couple minutes later, my older brother ch- chimes in. He's like, Jeremy, stop taking credit for it. This was our gift, you know? And so, and so, so the point becomes that someone said, someone said, well, it was given by your favorite child. And the thing is, the open, she opened up. It was a candle. And the candle said, my favorite son gave me this, his candle. Okay? <laughs> And so, so we have this thing going on, right, you know, of, of always arguing about who the favorite child is or who's the best child, right? And we do this as families, right? It's a lot of fun, okay, right? But, you know, it, it, okay, so, so think of, so if you're a kid here today, okay, you know, I, you say, well, what defines kid? You define kid, okay? So if you're a young kid, here, I want you to think about this. If you're still living at home, okay, here is, so I'm talking to you kids, okay? So, so, yeah, okay, so I'm talking to you. So let me ask you this. Are you a perfect child for your parents? All right? All right? My son just puts his head down. Okay. All right. All right. So, other, so, so I'm looking around. Okay. Okay. I see Nick. All right. So Nick's saying yes. Okay. So, so the question is, are you a perfect child? Now, obviously no. Okay. All right. Because now I'm going to ask the parents. All right. Okay. So I ask the parents and they're going to get a different answer here. Okay. So, but the point is, is that, that of course you're not a perfect child. But do you know who the perfect child is? It was Jesus, perfect son of Jesus. And God had him already. So it wasn't like that God was like, okay, because that's the joke in our family's house. It's like, you know, uh, I said, you know, I mean, you know, Jason, yeah, they had you, but I mean, they had to improve. And so they, they had me, right? You know, they had to improve in this. And then there's the joke is that there's nine years difference between me and, and my younger brother. And my mom says, well, it took us nine years to recover from you. You know, <laughs> so the point is, is the point is that we could argue about that, but there is no perfect child, right? Except Jesus. And God already had him. I mean, Yet, even though he has a perfect son, he says, I want more. And I'm going to adopt more people. Here's the wonder of this. So here's the thing is that we desperately needed a father, a heavenly father, but God didn't need more sons. He didn't need more daughters. But yet, we're adopted. Now, Galatians chapter 4, go ahead and turn to go over to Galatians chapter 4. This is a text we were in last night. Um, I don't have it on the screen for you, so if you're using one of the Bibles provided for you, it's page 974. And I talked about this last night. This is Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, I, you're, you're, I'm saying this, I talked through this, of God's having adopting sons and daughters just so that everyone understands what's going on here. But here it's only talking about sons, and the reason for that is not to exclude the women. No, it's because in this culture, the only ones who had an uh, inheritance right was the sons. And so when he's talking here to men and women of the churches of Galatia, saying that you are adopted as a son, he's not actually leaving the women out. He's saying, women, you're in God's economy, you're just like a son, you have the inheritance as well. 
So just so you know that. And so here's this wonderful adoption here that we have. God didn't need more sons, but yet he adopts us through belief in Jesus Christ. So when Jesus, he says, and he looks there and the parents or his mom is there and his brother's there in the Mark text that was read to us, and he says, who, are my bro- my, who is my mother? Who are my brothers and sisters? It's these who believe. That's the wonder of it we can be in God's family. There's another part of reason why I just want us to pause on why the, our spiritual adoption is so wonderful on this Christmas day. It's not only the fact that God already had a perfect son, it's the fact that, you know, we come with a lot of baggage, okay? We come with a lot of baggage. The Bible describes us as dead in our trespasses and sins, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. That's our description of how that when we are born, we are born into sin, we have a sin nature, and the Bible says we're dead in our trespasses and sins. It's not like we can do a whole lot when we're dead. It's not like we're very valuable spiritually, right? You know, Mordecai, he, in the book of uh, Esther, there's a story about how he redeems Esther and, 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 uh, as a, a distant uh, relative and, 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 and brings her into his family. And he does so because she's absolutely beautiful. But that's so with us. That's so with us. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, again in verse 3, it talks about how we're children of wrath. In fact, the Bible describes us as enemies being, uh, uh, as, as being enemies before we were adopted in Romans chapter 5 and verse 10. And so here's the thing is that when we're thinking about the wonder of adoption is that who did God adopt is he adopted from his enemies. He, he adopted the people who were hostile against him in their nature because of their sin nature. And, and what he does is that not only does he just adopt us, but then he takes care of that baggage. He takes care of that sin nature. And then as we believe in him, he changes us. We become more conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, our elder brother. That's the beauty of adoption on this Christmas day, is that you get to be part of the family of God. And, and Christmas is all about family and all about fe- people getting together as family here. And so let me just tell you that as believers in Jesus Christ, that we are in God's family today. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Even though we came with so much baggage, even though we came with so much things going against us and we were in our nature against God, he says, no, 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 I'm still going to adopt you. It's a beautiful concept. Beautiful thing to think about on this Christmas day. So not only the fact that God, he, he, he didn't need more sons. He didn't need more children. He had the perfect one already, and yet he extends the adoption to us. And then the fact that, that we come with a lot of baggage, it's not like we're the bell of the ball here. <laughs> and he chooses us. It's a beautiful concept, the wonder of adoption. But here's a third thing to think about as we think about this wonder of adoption is that God's cost was higher than we can comprehend. It was absolutely higher. What it cost Him to adopt us was more than we can even think about. Have you ever had sticker shock? Have you ever looked at the price of something and went, whew, you know, maybe Christmas shopping, you're thinking, oh, there's a good gift for someone. And you look at, I don't love them that much. <laughs> you know, or whatever it is, I don't know. Yeah, some of you know that um, uh, one, of, one of the things I, I enjoy, I, I, use, uh, I use fountain pens. So that's just, I, I write everything out with fountain pens. I, it's just, I, I started that a long time ago. It, it actually 
helps me write longer and better, and, and I enjoy it. And so I have a small collection of fountain pens that I get as gifts and things, or if I travel to a spot, and, and I, I enjoy it. I get them from different places where they're at, and I, I, I like fountain pens. You know, there are some expensive fountain pens out there. I don't know if you know, so, so I, I, I looked, and so, so here's a pen, okay, from Mont Blanc, okay, okay. I don't know if you can see the cost of this, okay. This pen is listed at $162,500. So if any of you are looking for a last-minute stocking stuffer, <laughs> okay, I mean, that is just absolutely, who would pay that for a pen, I mean, and, and, and that's what it does. It writes. This is what it does. It writes. That's all it does. I mean, you, it, 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 I mean, you better be able to live in the thing for that much. I mean, you know, but the point is, you look at it like, who can spend it? I don't have a category for this in my mind. You know, and there it is. You know, I look it up on the website, and there it is. As much as we think, who, who would think of spending that much money for a pen? Think about Jesus, what God spent for a sinner. Think of what God said. I'm going to give away. I am going to incur this cost for a sinner. It cost him his son. It cost him that perfect child that we talked about earlier. All of a sudden, $162,000. It doesn't seem that much. When we think of what God gave on this Christmas day, when God the Father sent His Son into the world to die for our sins. This is what it costs God. Isaiah chapter 53. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush Him. He has put Him to grief when His soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see His offspring. So God, in order to adopt you and me into his family, had to send the perfect son, and it pleased him to send him to live a life on this earth, a life of perfect obedience, and die a death. He didn't have to die. He's the only human that ever lived that did not have to die. And yet he chose to die. This is the reason why the Bible says that Jesus gave up his life, is that he gave it up, and he died this death, and he experienced that separation from the Father. Why? So we could be adopted into God's family. That's why. So on this Christmas day, and when we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, let's just be in awe that God has, has extended the opportunity for us to be part of His family. But let's not overlook the fact of how much it cost Him to do so. So we see the wonder of adoption is that God had already had a perfect son and we've come with a lot of baggage. The cost was higher than we could comprehend. But there's one more aspect of that I'd like to share about the wonder of adoption this morning. That is that the honor that we get is more wonderful than we could have imagined. In Galatians chapter 4, I had you turn there, verse 7, it says, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This is the honor we get. Is that We get to be part of God's family. We are in the line of inheritance. And that we are heirs. And, and, and the Bible talks about that we are actually uh, heirs with Christ. It's a beautiful thing. Let's see here. I'm going to pick on someone here. Abigail. Let me pick on Abigail for a second here. Hi, Abigail. She's making sure she's listening. She's always listening. So if I were to come home with your family after the service today, Abigail, 
okay? If I were to go home, all right, what would happen if I just like got my pajamas on and jumped and sat down by the tree and I said, where are my presents? And I'm looking around, there's a stocking. Where, where's my name with the stocking, right? You know, you guys would be laughing at me. It's kind of like you're laughing right now, right? Why? Why would there be no stocking with my name in your house? Why would there be no presents under the tree with my name on it today? It's because I'm not part of your family, right? I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure your dog's got a gift and I didn't get a gift. So I'm a little, just a little, little lower about that. But, uh, but the point is I'm not part of the family, right? So I don't get it. And I'm okay with that. That's just how the deal works, right? But here's the thing. When we're adopted into God's family, we get the inheritance. <laughs> and we get God's inheritance. Romans chapter 8 says, it says, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs, some translations say joint heirs, with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we also may be glorified with Him. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. The inheritance that we get, we are in line with our elder brother Jesus Christ in the inheritance of God. The wonder of adoption on this Christmas day that we get to be part of this family if we believe in Christ. So here's the point in this first point here, which is the longer of the two, is that I want us to embrace the wonder of adoption. So if you know Christ, then understand that you are part of the Messiah's family tree. That's been their Advent theme is the Messiah's family tree. So if you know Christ, if you're a Christian, you're part of that family tree. What a wonder this Christmas day. And maybe someone's here today and you say, I don't know that I'm a Christian. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Let me just tell you, today you can become part of the Messiah's family tree. The Bible says that if we ask God to forgive us our sins, He will forgive us our sins. You see, here was the problem. The problem was that when sin entered into the world through Adam and Eve's first sin, way back in the Garden of Eden, it set the world into chaos. And it gave us a sin nature that we inherited from our, our earthly father, Adam. And so we have this, and, and this is why we're born as enemies. This is why we're born against God. This is why in our nature that we want to sin and we want to go against God, we don't want to do the things that He's told us to do. It's because of our sin nature. And so we need to be redeemed from that. And so the only way to have forgiveness of sins is that someone had to live a life of perfect obedience. And guess what? None of us can do that. That's why Jesus was born. That's why He came as a baby. That's why he didn't come as an adult and as a king. That's why the, he didn't come as a conquering hero, uh, uh, riding on a horse. He will one day, but he didn't this first advent. And the reason why is because he had to live a life that you and I could never live. And so he lived a life of perfect obedience. And he died a death that was unjust, as we've already said. He rose again, thereby satisfying the wrath of God. But the only way to have that applied to us is we're going to believe in Jesus. We're going to ask Him to forgive us of our sins. And we have to put our trust in Him and Him alone. It's not through works that we've done. It's not through anything else. The Bible is very clear. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves, lest anyone should boast. And so the point is, is that we can have eternal life. And so if you're here today, you're visiting on Christmas Sunday, because it's a good thing to do to go to church on Christmas. I'm so glad you're here. Let me just encourage you. You can be part of God's family. It's not because you're special. And, and, and the fact that I'm part of God's family isn't because I'm worthwhile to God. In fact, we've talked about the baggage that we have. It's because of the love God had in sending His Son. 
My pray, I pray that today's the day. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you're watching online, you know, send us an email, call the church office. We want to talk with you more about this. The wonder of adoption. But not just the wonder. There's a couple responsibilities I'd like to share as I, as I round third base and start heading to home in this sermon here. The responsibility. So we're adopted. We're in God's family through faith because of what Christ has done for us. We're so grateful for that. But what does that mean? Every family, we have responsibilities. And by virtue of being part of the family, there's things that we need to do and it's about being part of the family. What, is, what are some of those responsibilities? Well, and again, this is not an exhaustive list, but it's just some things to think about in this Christmas day. First of all, we obey in love. We obey in love. Mark chapter 3, the text that was read to us earlier here, it says, whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. This is what Jesus said when they said, hey, you know, your, your, your mother and, and, and your brother and sisters are, are, are trying to get to you. They have a message for you. And he says, well, who are they? And then in the original language, um, some translations that you may have in, in Mark chapter 3, uh, it may say, Jesus said, look and, uh, or or, or whatnot. The, it, the word behind it is actually, it's not even supposed to be like a verbal word. It's more of a gesture. It's a way of, in, in Greek language, it's a way of showing a gesture. So what Jesus did there is, is he kind of like did this. And, and he, he went to the people that were sitting before him and he says, these. He says, listen, he says, whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and father. My, my mother, he puts it out there. Ephesians chapter 5 says this. It says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for, a, uh, up for us as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. Remember I quoted earlier in Colossians where it says that God is referred to, Jesus, or Jesus is referred to as God's beloved Son. Did you see what's happening here in Romans? Here is in this text here, or some of the Ephesians, it says, be imitators of God as beloved children. The same love that the Father has for the Son, He has for us as adopted sons and daughters. He says, so imitate the Father. Obey Him. Do what He says. When a child loves their father or their parent, they imitate them. We do this. And, and for those of you who are parents, you can see some of these things coming out in your children. And sometimes there's some really good things. And often you're like, oh man, where did they learn that? And your spouse looks at you. And you think, well, no. And they go, yeah. You know, because our kids tend to imitate us, right? Well, spiritually, we need to imitate the Father. How do we do that? By obeying Him. So we obey in love. And so let me just encourage you on this Christmas day as we've been talking about the wonder of adoption, the wonder that we can be part of God's family on this Christmas day, that we have a spot at the table, the God's family table. We have a spot there. Let me just remind you what that means. We obey in love. We do what He says. It's not always easy. I won't be the, I'll be the first to tell you that. I won't tell you that it's, it's an easy thing, but when we love our Father, when we love Him more than all the other things, that's when we can obey. And so let me just encourage you today, maybe, maybe, maybe the application for you right now is, Lord, increase my love. Increase my obedience. Help me to follow you. Maybe that's the application for you today. There's another one, though. There's, there's, a, there's another responsibility I'd like to share, and that is this, is that we are to endure until the end. 
That, that, that's what w- was um, in this Galatian text that, um, uh, uh, or um, it wasn't the Galatian text, it was uh, the Romans text that uh, I put on the screen here. It says in Romans chapter 8, it says, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children and heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. The, the, this life is not easy. We have, we have a million choices every day to turn away from God, to do things that God doesn't want us to do, to turn our back on God. We have these opportunities all the time. And here's what God is saying, that if we're truly adopted, we're going to endure to the end. Now, it's not saying we're going to be perfect. If that was the standard, then no one's going to be a part of God's family because none of us can be perfect. But the point is, is that, is that as we're growing, as we're walking with Christ, we're enduring. And, 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 we're, and we're saying no to temptation. We're saying no to sin uh, at times. And when we do say yes to sin, we ask God to forgive us and we start over again. That's what this means, is that we endure until the end. We don't turn away from God. And maybe some of you, you're here today and, and there was a time where you were very passionate about following God and, and, and that day has gone somehow, some way, you're back here today, maybe you're listening online, let me encourage you to endure to the end. This is what it means to be part of God's family, enduring to the end. Now, lest I leave you with just a message that says, go and work really hard, here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand that God has given us the Spirit to enable us. This is the Galatians chapter 4 text that I, I went, I know I've bounced around a little bit here, but this is kind of the nature of the sermon. Here it says this in verse 6, it says, because you are sons, in Galatians chapter 4, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his sons into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And so as we're adopted into God's family, one of the things that God does is he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit to guide us and to cry out, Abba, Father. What does he mean by that? Well, what he means by that is that we're relating to God as a father, not as someone who we're just afraid of or someone who we're just thinking that he's just going to strike us down or judge us. No, we're relating to him as a father because the Spirit of God has been given by the Father to us. And so when we're adopted, we get a gift from the Father. And he gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit to guide us. And so when we look at the saying, well, obey in love and endure till the end, here's the hope that we have is that we have the spirit of god to enable us and so we lean on the spirit we ask the spirit of god to help us and we follow the prompting of the spirit so you know those times when your conscience is telling you things and all stuff that's the holy spirit working so let me just encourage you in this christmas day follow the spirit's leading in your life lean on him so as that brings us to a close this has been a time for us to meditate in a little shortened way of, of what, what it means to be part of God's family. As I, as I bring this to a conclusion, there's one other thing that, you know, I, you know and whenever people, they study you know, public speaking and preaching things, they say never introduce anything into the conclusion. It's bad form. Well, Merry Christmas, I'm giving you bad form, okay? I'm, 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 I'm going to introduce one final thing. I, I just didn't want to, f- I couldn't leave it out. I just couldn't leave it out. And I didn't know where else to put it here, so here's where you get it. Um, I want you to just meditate on this as we close. Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. 
Have you ever been ashamed of your brother or sister? Jesus, he's not ashamed. Why? Think about it. Right now you're thinking of some of the things you've done, thoughts you've had, things you've said. And if that was broadcast, it'd be shameful. And yet, Jesus knows this. And he's not ashamed. Hebrews chapter 2 is very clear about that. How is that possible? i tell you how it's possible. Because Hebrews chapter 12 says that he endured the cross and he despised the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He took the shame of our sin upon himself on the cross, so therefore he's got nothing to be ashamed about with you and me if we're believing in him. There's no shame in this family. All of us have relationships in our family. Some are stronger than others. Some, around the holidays, there's some shame, and some people don't even want to get together anymore because things have happened in the past. Let me tell you, in God's family, because Christ endured the shame, there is no shame. It's amazing, that concept. So why should we not obey in love? Why should we not endure to the end? So, two different responses come to mind Become a brother and sister in Christ if you're not already. Be adopted into God's family by crying out to God for salvation. Today is the day. Ask God to save you from your sins. Or if you're already a believer, you're already in God's family, just be in awe that you are part of God's family tree this Christmas day, the Messiah's family tree. He isn't ashamed to be called your God, and Jesus isn't ashamed to be known as your brother. So obey Him. Obey in love and endure till the end.